Episode 60, The Supposed Pagan Origins of Christmas. So I'm doing an episode on Sunday because I realized not a lot of podcasts are published on Sunday, so I'll probably get some good listens here, some good downloads, so don't let me down. So about the pagan origins of Christmas, this this kind of thing comes up Christmas and Easter. The internet historians always shout about how Christians just steal stuff and make it their own. And let's say for one second that that's true, even if it's true, which it's not. What does that even prove? What if Christendom took formerly pagan things and gave them their true meaning? That is, perhaps cultures past, before the revelation of Christ, were celebrating things because they had some vague, shadowy insight into what was going to happen. That there was some kind of, if we want to say, natural revelation that they that they perceived. So it wouldn't really be problematic for a Christian if it were true that, say, some pagan feast around the same time that we celebrate Christmas was just taken and made Christian. It was taken and baptized. That wouldn't be problematic for us because we believe there were seeds of God's design, signs of God's design throughout all of creation, throughout all of history. So without revelation, pagan cultures might have misunderstood certain things and presented them certain ways and attributed them to false gods. But that wouldn't invalidate the Christian revelation or the Christian celebration of certain events and truths, etc. But what's the implication here with people that say, in this case, Christmas is just the ancient Roman pagan feast of the unconquered sun or Saturnalia? What's the implication there? That that Christ wasn't actually born? That Christmas is a made-up event? That the birth of Christ is a made-up event? The, The criticism doesn't even make any sense. The only way to make sense of this criticism is to assume that they're claiming we made up the story of Christ and it's just a riff on a formerly pagan festival that happened around the same time. But of course, no serious person actually disbelieves that Christ existed, that he was a real person, that he was a real historical figure that existed in time and in history. So the criticism is kind of puzzling, saying Christmas is just Christians with their own myth of a god. Well, it's not a myth. Even if you don't believe Jesus is God, no serious person denies his actual historical existence. They might deny his claims, but to deny his existence is something that no serious academic or historian or anyone of common sense actually holds. So it's weird that it's presented as like a gotcha or a fact check on Christians because it really doesn't make any sense. If you want to take the position that Christ wasn't a real historical person, I mean, go ahead. You're a very, very fringe person with that kind of belief, Uh, but... That's what the criticism implies. What's another point of this criticism? That the day might be wrong, that Christ was born, but we celebrated on the wrong day. I'm not sure that's much of a criticism. Uh, Even if the day were wrong, which it's not, why would it be wrong to celebrate it at a particular time of year for various theological reasons? So these criticisms, even at face value, don't really make much sense and they don't really do much damage to the Christian belief in Christ's birth on December 25th. So these are just all responses, even if we were to assume that the criticisms have some foundation, that it's just taking a pagan festival and making it Christian. It still doesn't do anything to Christian belief. But, as we'll see, uh, Christmas is not just building on a pagan feast. And the feasts of Sol Invictus, the Unconquered Sun, or Saturnalia uh, did not were not celebrated on December 25th 
the festival of Saturnalia, which was of the god Saturn, of course, it was celebrated uh, December 17th. Later on, it was expanded to the 23rd, but it was never on the 25th. So that's kind of a weird criticism that something around the same time means that Christmas was just piggybacking off of that, even though the dates don't match up. The other celebration I mentioned was Sol Invictus, the Unconquered Sun, and that was celebrated on December 25th, but the first record we have of that actually comes way after Christ's birth in the fourth century. So if anything, you could say that there are pagan myths that are piggybacking on the real birth of a god. So Christians held that Christ was born on December 25th, way before we ever hear about this Sol Invictus feast. And another thing I forgot to mention is that even, the, even if there were a pagan feast on December 25th and we celebrate Christ's birth on December 25th, perhaps it could be in God's providence as the Lord of history that he supplanted false gods by the entrance of the true God into the world. So there's a lot of ways to resolve any doubts we might have or, or respond to any of these false claims about Christians stealing feasts. So let's look at why we do believe it was December 25th and the scriptural reasons for that. So the best explanation within scripture is that John the Baptist's father, who was a priest, we, hear, we learn about this in the Gospel of Luke, his father Zechariah, he belonged to a particular priestly cycle and there were 24 of them that served in a, in a, in a rotation. They took turns, so to speak. So when he had his vision in the temple about his wife conceiving his son, John the Baptist, it was six months after that that Mary conceived Jesus in her womb. So Jesus would have been born a year and three months after Zechariah's priestly service was over. And there's a way to determine what that date was. And then we can calculate from that the date of Jesus's birth. So there's been a scriptural and historical scholarship about when exactly Zechariah's priestly service would have ended based on the particular uh, cycle that he belonged to, which was the eighth of 24 cycles. And suffice to say, without going into all of this, you can look at it and read about it on your own. Taylor Marshall has a good uh, article on this, but his service would have ended towards the end of September, September 25th to make it nice and clean for us here. And that would make sense because we celebrate going pretty far back a feast of St. John the Baptist's birth, which is on June 24th. So you can see how that math works out there. So if Christ is conceived in the womb of the Blessed Mother, six months after Zechariah learns of the conception of John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth, then that brings us to the Annunciation, the Feast of the Annunciation that we celebrate at March 25th. So that's when Christ was conceived, March 25th. And of course, doing the math there, his birth nine months later would bring us to December 25th. They say, well, those are all nice dates, but it doesn't really work out exactly like that. Give, give or take a few days or even a few weeks when it comes to birthdays, it's not a perfect nine months. Well, that might be the case, but a couple things. First, we're dealing with God here, okay? So I think uh, John the Baptist and Christ's births were a little unique to say the least. So God, again, the Lord of history, would have probably made it more ordered than normal births, right? So it's not weird to say that God provided that these dates work out more precisely than they would for us. Also, you have another strong argument, and that is the strength and the weight of tradition, right? This tradition of December 25th goes back very, 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 very far. It's not something that's of recent origin. 
And so we always have to take into account the weight of tradition. That's how tradition is a bearer of revelation. And also because uh, there are, perhaps you've heard about the Star of Bethlehem project where it notes that December 25th in the year Christ was most likely born, which is probably more like what we would call 2 BC, right? Because we, there have been miscalculations in the past. There were astronomical phenomena that correspond with the Star of Bethlehem as reported in the Gospels. So there's a lot of things here pointing to the validity of December 25th. There's proof in scripture, there's proof in tradition, those are both very weighty, of course. And then there's extra scriptural and extra ecclesiastical proofs, such as this astronomical stuff and other historical witnesses to these dates. So we always have to remember that providence is real. And this greatest event in history up to that point would have been accompanied by special signs, uh, significant dates, and signs in nature, signs in the heavens, you know, announcing the arrival of God-made man. Now, all that being said, it's not part of the deposit of revelation. It's not a, a doctrine of the church that we must believe that December 25th is the historical date precisely. I mean, it seems overwhelmingly certain that it is, but it's still not a part of doctrine that we must believe that if somehow it were proven to be a different date. I mean, that wouldn't be a big deal because what we're focusing on here is that Christ was born into the world. Still, we hopefully see in, in this episode that the arguments against that are very, very weak and kind of pointless. And the arguments in favor of December 25th are very, very strong and carry the weight of tradition and scripture and other factors behind it. So you can be at peace. All of the uh, headlines and internet comments that you'll see about Christmas not really being a unique thing and it's just uh, copying a pagan tradition, you're going to see those whenever any significant Christian feast comes up. And usually the arguments are very similar to the ones in this episode. Namely that they're, they're working on debunked history or made up history. Uh, they haven't really done any research themselves. They don't understand the weight of tradition and why we celebrate things on certain days. So you can usually easily find the proper understanding of why we celebrate Christmas when we celebrate it or Easter when we celebrate it or any of the other feasts that we celebrate throughout the liturgical year, they have good reasons behind them. So trust in the wisdom of the church who has understood and discerned these things over her 2000 year history. Uh, trust her more than uh, internet trolls. Anyway, I did a Sunday episode, so you should probably feel obligated to give a five-star rating and leave a good review. And you should probably also feel obligated to become a member at patreon.com slash catholicdailybrief. God bless.